Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey Nocho Prano. Happy holidays, Andy Ruther. That's right. Merry Christmas, and God bless us, everyone. I don't think you can say Merry Christmas anymore. You can't? You can't? I saw some headline that said, some celebrity in trouble for saying Merry Christmas. Really? Merry Xmas, Merry canceledness, <laughs> dude. This is so funny. I but you know what? Here's what I want to say. I I told you. I mean, I think we talked about it on the show, right? I saw the thing about Chris Pratt having to apologize for posing at the gym with a water bottle. Oh yeah, it's like it's so ridiculous. Well, by the way, you're and I like Chris. I like Chris Pratt. That's a total cuck move. Yeah. You, you got cucked by three people. Yeah. I hung out with some dirt balls on Thursday night. You you hung out with Kyle Aronofsky. Jesus. Jesus. Hey, I, just, hey, I consider Tug. Aaron a dirt ball. Tug. But Jesus said something that I liked. He's like, dude, all this shit that like you see, I don't experience any of that in my world. Where I live, where I work. It's, right. It's not real world, which is true. And I think we have to always keep that in perspective. Like, dude, I drive a truck. You know, where I live, this isn't real world. Right. And I told him, I said, for most of us, it's not real world. Yeah. But also, it it's, again, that's that's why, like, people always go, like, oh, yeah, cancel. Like, the, the whole Trumpers thing, like, we're sick and tired of hearing about, you know, all your... Oh, you're triggered. You're a snowflake, or whatever. It's like, but it goes the other way too. Yeah, I agree. Like, like in the Midwest, yeah, no one's like, "Hey, man, don't say that." Like, be careful what you say. But they're also like, "We have to cancel Colin Kaepernick immediately. <laughs> he needs to be canceled." But it's very few in between both sides. That, right. That's all. That like, yeah, exactly. Like, it's the fringe, as people always like, say. Like, the, I'm the opposite of Trump. I think there are bad people on both sides. Bad people on on both sides. Um, we're doing this mid Sunday afternoon. Yeah, for people who are listening to the audio. Yeah, mid Sunday afternoon. The the afternoon football games are on as we speak. We have. Oh no no! We have fumble fumble. We have uh, Denver Detroit on your top screen here, where we usually have a rundown. You're yelling fumble because you have the Denver Broncos minus seven. Not looking good. And uh, there's potential of a – looks like he's in. Yeah, he's in. Uh, Detroit going up four here in in the third quarter. I'm getting destroyed this week. I'm not going to uh, – I'm not going to jinx the jinx, so I don't want to talk about it yet, but we'll, we'll we'll get to that, you know, perhaps on next episode. Well, I'm going to let these games play out before I start making any bold claims or, or even – even talking about how you or I have done this week, but let's put it this way: you didn't do well on the first in the in the morning games. You went, what'd you go one and f- five versus me? The only one I got was the Dolphins, which took overtime. They blew a thirty-five to twelve lead in the Burrow Bowl, and that's the last time I picked Baker Mayfield. Dear God, that was bad. I had the Browns too, and uh, I made a late night switcheroo. The other night, I I put I put it through. I put twerks on the text to try to you know make sure everybody was on the level. I said I did a little math. I'm down six. I only had six different games from you. So just to get even, I would have had to go six and zero, oh, which we all know is not going to happen. Even like the the biggest choke or the biggest clutch job by anybody. No one goes. We're not going six and zero oh on our different picks. So I was like, yeah. I just need more different games. So I took two others for people who listen to the show. On Thursday, I added this. I took this Eagles game and I took that Browns Cleveland game. Um, sorry, Browns uh, Baltimore. Did you watch any of that? 
I did. I watched did, a lot of it. Did you see that? Now they ended up scoring, but did you see again? I mean, we just got to talk about Freddie Kitchens. Did you see the play calling again? First and goal. Yeah. And the only reason they, but they had five chances because yeah. they ended up being a face mask. Yes. But just the plays. Debacle. Yeah, it's bad. And again, the Browns, very talented in terms of just personnel. It's coaching, man. It's coaching. And so Kitchen's gone after this year. They're already saying that, right? There's been a lot of talk about things that are supposed to happen or not supposed to happen so far. You can't keep him. If you watch that game where basically the Browns dominate, now not score-wise, but they were up six to nothing through one and three quarters, yeah. like one oh, and three quarters of the second quarter. More than that. I mean, you, you, you know, one and they scored two touchdowns in the last minute and 12 seconds. So they basically dominate the whole first the half. first half. And they go down 14, they go into the halftime 14-6. And that was when I was like, man, I got this one. Yeah, I knew it too. <laughs> I knew it too. Just a complete collapse. And that comes from the top. That's coaching. And then obviously Odell was getting into it with Kitchens. Yeah. Baker's regret. Which was which was a whole thing. Uh, Odell was getting into Kitchens right after he scored a touchdown? Yeah, it was over the two-point conversion. Oh, okay. Which the guy just dropped it, by the way, on the Browns. Yeah. They should have had that two-point conversion. But the Browns dropped the six and nine. So the Browns got to fire Kitchens, you feel like. Uh, 100%. I mean, I, I, think, I think pretty much everybody agrees on that. But, 100%. And, and just hire a coach who has some sort of experience whatsoever. Especially with with young, you know, you have a young talented group. I don't think it's group, Mike McCarthy, but but a guy who can get them in line a little. Yeah, you don't have to be the hard ass Harbaugh or Coughlin, but you need a coach who can at least get guys to listen. A coach who has experience. A coach who's won because they have the talent. Th- think about that. Like, let's stop for a second. Outside of Baltimore, who's playing the best football of anybody in the NFL, and they have been for a while, right? Outside of them, that division is, would have totally been up for a wild card spot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you had the, a co- the, if you had a competent coach, the Steelers win next week, they could potentially be a wild card. Yeah. Um, and and we've talked like the Steelers, great example. Like they've had two disastrous quarterbacks going back and forth throughout the year going back and forth multiple times in this game. Um, and and they're on the verge of it. Like, the idea that you have Baker Mayfield, who set a rookie, you know, touchdowns record or whatever, um, Odell, Landry, the, the talent you have on defense, the fact that you're not at least competing for a wild card spot, which you could say they weren't eliminated till today, but a lot had to go right today. To me, you're not competing for a spot in the playoffs unless you're still technically alive in going into week 17 yeah technically alive in week 16 which they barely were today sure they needed everybody to lose yeah i'm 100 percent for firing freddie kitchens and uh that was the big news that the browns might do it right they've seen enough from freddie kitchens pull the trigger early uh the other news yesterday was that the tampa bay bucks were keeping winston which was hilarious ian rapaport announces it Five minutes before the game starts, which means six and a half minutes before Jameis does his pick six to open the game. I mean, we've obviously we're obviously on the forefront of the Jameis Winston, you know, conspiracy theory and and talking points. We, we we've talked Jameis Winston more than anybody that lives outside of Tampa Bay, but come on, it's just these people who continue to defend a man. We saw it yesterday. In a way, the NFL Network, they're, they're doing this shit too. They show that stat. Jameis is now second in the history of the NFL for most passing yards through his first five seasons. But so, like, okay, take away, you and I talked about this last night when we went out to dinner. Take away, Jameis had a pretty good game, right? Like, a, 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 if you take away his four touch, four interceptions. You're, <laughs> I, I know, I know, but hold on. I'm saying stats-wise, besides that, what did he do? He's over 300 yards, has a couple touchdowns, right? Think about any other position in football if they have a good game besides turning the ball over four times. Like, if 
Saquon Barkley had the game he had for the Giants today. 190 rushing yards, 80 receiving yards, a couple touchdowns. They lose in overtime on a field goal, and he fumbles four times. You say, the game's 100% on Saquon Barkley. Yeah. You would say that 100%. Sure. If, if, if in the second half of this Cardinals-Seattle game, Seattle comes back because Larry Fitzgerald fumbles four times while going for 200 yards and two touchdowns, it's 100% on his fault. You, you lose by three points, and one single player on your team, forget the position, forget what he, else he did, gave the other team the ball four times, including one that was a touchdown. It's embarrassing to be the person that defends Jameis Winston at this point. It is. It, it truly is embarrassing. And again, it's so embarrassing. If you were to do it, you would do it anonymously and under no circumstances ever let anybody know your name or face. Yeah. Which is the way that you should do that. Yeah. I just hate how they post that number that he's second all time in most passing yards through his first five seasons. Number one was Peyton Manning. Number two was Jameis. Number three was, I believe, Dan Marino. And number four was Andrew Luck. Because, again, of those four guys, three were taken number one overall. Yeah. Manning, Luck, and Winston. And two of those three, both Manning and Luck, instantly turned around their bad teams. Jameis has never won more than nine games. End of story. He doesn't turn the team around. He turns the ball over. But it's it, but it'll be but I'll be curious what, to see what they do because at this point, if you are Tampa Bay, unless you've signed a contract with the GM and you have some crazy conspiracy, how do you keep him around? Like my 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 thing is, what is the difference between year five and year six? Well, I guess the question is, if you're drafting in a position where you went eight and eight. Are you getting a quarterback that makes a difference? Are you going out and signing somebody? And if you are, who are you signing? Or do you do, you know, the, do you just do the Kirk Cousins with the Redskins tag? Yeah. You, you know, you franchise tag them. But in the end, look at how that worked out with the Redskins and Kirk Cousins. Like, yeah, they never made a commitment to them. But for three years, did they do it three years in a row or two years in a row? At least two. It was at least two. I think it was three. However many years they did in a row, they paid Kirk Cousins top five quarterback numbers. Yeah. Which the Vikings have obviously done now, and we'll see if that works out. It didn't work out for them in year one, that's yeah. for sure. I know. But at the end of the day, I, I don't – like, take everything away from what we've said. Can you recall – because I can't off the top of my head. Can you recall quarterback who was so turnover prone for five whole seasons – and then, quote unquote, figured it out. But also, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but also, you got to consider the thing that we talked about last game with the phone call about Eli Manning versus Jameis Winston, which is the idea that you're comparing his yardage numbers and his completion numbers and his turnover numbers to guys who, like Peyton Manning, who were doing it 20 years ago, when the idea of Peyton Manning coming into the league and being super turnover prone and then. Not turnover prone, but throwing a lot of interceptions because he's throwing, uh, you know, a terrible team in the games, and it's just going down and going down and going down to the point where you get to him playing the more modern style of quarterback, and Peyton Manning's throwing for twenty-five touchdowns and six six interceptions. You know, it, it's just a totally different game now. So even being even comparing numbers to 20 years ago Peyton Manning, if you're in that same realm, with you're doing it wrong. Yeah. It was an entertaining game. It was a wild game. There were so many damn turnovers to watch. I thought all all of yesterday's games, all of Saturday's games were good yeah. to watch. It, it, yesterday, uh, Rich Eisen tweeted this, and I agree. He said, besides the Giants-Patriots game that the NFL Network held uh, when the Patriots were going for 16-0. and This was the biggest day in the history of the NFL Network because the NFL Network has three games in a row on a Saturday in Week 16, um, all of them, I guess, with some sort of playoff implications, right? The Texans win the division in Game 1. Uh, the Niners, huge in the late game. Yeah. Uh, I'm totally blanking on the game in between. Why? 
Oh, Patriots Bills, Bills, yeah, which also, again, huge playoff implications for the AFC East for both of those teams. It's a fun game to watch. Yeah. I was really rooting, obviously, because I picked them, the Bills. Josh Allen made some – Josh Allen was – it was interesting watching him yesterday. He made some really great, tough, like, dropping in passes, but then he missed some guys high. He the criticism on Josh Allen and uh, he's tough though the fourth down he got yeah where then he leaped yeah the criticism on Josh Allen and I liked Josh Allen coming out of college because I didn't like I didn't get to watch any of his games live but obviously everything you saw from him in terms of his arm strength his running ability stuff and you know I like the small school guy um, but is that he's never been accurate on the level. Uh, that we look for in accuracy now. If Josh Allen had come out, like we say, 20 years ago, no one's even concerned that he completed 58% of his passes in college instead of, or 55 or whatever it was, as opposed to what now you look at the, the great college court. I mean, Burroughs completes 75% of his passes or whatever. Yeah. You know, um, which is hard to do, obviously, when you're in a, in a small school and you play a couple games a year against big competition but he's never been accurate and and in the modern game accuracy so important but you you can't hate on what he's doing yeah no I agree and it seems like he's a good fit for that team and I'd also even say that city yeah like he fits that mold and and I like it um, do but, you, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, a Buffalo Bills fan, I mean, they're going to be going on the road to somebody, but they're going to give somebody a scare, especially depending on how the matchups play out. Oh yeah. And if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, you got to feel good about the future. Yeah. Brady's 43 going on 44. You have a young team. You have a deep, the thing that people always got to remember, and you know how much I love Dion and Dion says it all the time. And guys, as we head into the playoffs, remember this. Defenses travel. Offenses don't. So if you have a team with a good defense, it doesn't matter that you're playing on the road. Yeah. Offense is a lot tougher to travel and play as well on the road. I, I got to say, you've always been a, a Dion slurper. I love Dion. And, and I love Dion too, and I've always loved Dion. But yesterday, because I don't do NFL – like you do NFL Network pregame, postgame, all that stuff – I, I certainly don't do post-game, and honestly, most of the time, I don't do a ton of pre-game. But having Dion all day in some you know fashion yesterday, I really – I think D- Dion is a guy who – it always seems like Dion just agrees with me, and, and, and that makes me so happy. Well, here's the thing I like about Dion. Dion's not a hot take guy. Right. So all year, even when the Patriots were stumbling, I respected him continuing to say they're the champs. They've been doing this 16 years. You know what I'm saying? Even guys like me who start to waver a little, he's saying, talk to me playoffs. Yeah. And he doesn't just throw a team under the bus or a player that he vouches for. So, yeah, I think he's great. I, you know, Again, you know me. I love the NFL Network in general, and I thought, I thought there were some good squads yesterday announcing games. And I always like – I loved – I love how now they're they're matching up analysts from different yeah. networks. Yeah, like they have Tariko, who's NBC, calling the game with Kurt Warner, who is obviously NFL Network. Then you had the last game; it was Kevin Burkhart and uh, Charles. Uh, what's his name? I forget his name, but they're they're Fox, Charles Davis, mm-hmm. and they called the 49ers Rams game. And I want to talk about that. I don't know at this point who I like from the NFC because I just see holes in everybody well, you're, defensively. You're, the, the Cowboys, you're on the. <laughs> I'm not. You keep saying that. I, I, look, the Cowboys are currently playing right now. They're currently yeah. losing. But I'm saying the Seahawks have yeah. serious holes in their defense. The 49ers, who Dion loves, have been porous defensively. Yeah. going on six weeks now. The Saints, the Saints had a ton of sacks today. I believe they had six or seven sacks. But even the Saints today, they give up a lot of big plays. Well, the Saints, I think everybody agrees, need that home field. 100%. I'm just like, I know every team is different and, you know, they, they run the ball more than they ever did. 
And I like the Saints, what what they've been able to do this year, obviously, with Breeze being out. Yeah. And, and the how well they played when Breeze was out. That showed me something about this Saints team. And I wasn't a Saints believer going into the season. I'm sure in our playoff, in our, like, recap of the year, I think, you know, I probably picked somebody else to win the division. But um, you didn't. I think you had them in the NFC. I had them in the NFC Championship. Okay. I think you did, too. I had them in the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, obviously I've got the, uh, obviously I've got the Packers and the Chiefs in my, in my preseason Super Bowl prediction, but, um, I, I do like the Saints, but the Saints are going to uh, like it or not. Drew Brees is one and five on the road outside of the dome in the playoffs. I agree. One and five. And even today's slow start. Yeah. So yeah. you're not going to want to go on the road. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're the New Orleans Saints and you can talk about how this team is different all you want, but. You just don't want to do it. I agree. I still, I know the Niners have been suspect the last couple of weeks, but at the same time, just so much talent on the defensive line. That's going to be a thing that, you know, coming after guys. Garoppolo, ton of sacks yesterday. Uh, they were getting after Garoppolo. I, obviously, they've got a lot of injuries as well, the Niners do. Um, and then, like you said, you don't know. Watch out for the Packers getting hot, man. I mean, I think Monday will be a big test to see exactly where they're at, but they just they just smell to me like that team is like every year it's that team that gets hot, that team no one's talking about. I feel like Aaron Rodgers. We, we always talk about everybody's revenge game. I feel like Aaron Rodgers has his revenge playoff run in him at some point. He's like, I have been fucking doing everything I can without coming out and saying it at a press conference for years. Give me anybody but Mike McCarthy. I think he wants to prove that. We'll see. It'll be interesting. Even the Patriots yesterday, not that they dominated. They're, they were, you know, that was a good back and forth game. But even watching that game, I'm thinking, are they figuring it out just late in the season? Yeah. Obviously, they ran the ball a lot yesterday, and that's what they have to do. But Brady had a good game yesterday, his best game in weeks. It's just... It's going to be interesting because this year, I don't know if you caught this during the Ravens game, the Ravens have made two Super Bowls, won two Super Bowls in the last 20 years. They've never had home field advantage. Both those years, they had to play wild card games. Yeah. They never even had a bye. Yeah. This will be the first time ever the playoffs have to go through Baltimore from the AFC. So it'll be curious to see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, I mean, Baltimore just continues to look great and like what team what team do you like going into baltimore what team do you give the best chance you're still just patriots because of coaching and because they've probably filmed lamar jackson getting up in the morning and putting on his <laughs> shoes like the guy the guy who lives inside lamar jackson's closet well, who's built himself into the wall like fucking uh, <laughs> like, like clive owen and 20 in fucking inside man there's just like a guy who's painted yeah. to look like clothes on a hanger. Hey Johnny, we're gonna need you to uh, do your job this week, and uh, we're gonna have to turn you into an actual fucking closet. Yeah, you have to go live in the Ma's apartment down near. Like, he's like, "What is this suit?" It's like, "Well, these are all half. These are all the back half of uh, Air Force Ones." So you will just be able to stand in his closet and replace these sneakers and just watch what he does all day, every day. Johnny, what are the th what are the three words that we? That we know here under the Patriots, do your job. Just do it. Um, I again, you look at the AFC. I know, and and this obviously is not planned, but the Chiefs too. My other Super Bowl pick is like, God, watch out for. I I feel like everybody's just sleeping on the team that was nearly beat the Patriots in the AFC Championship game last year. The reigning MVP. No, I agree. Who's been hobbled? I agree. But I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see who can just stop the Ravens because yeah. no nobody's figured it out really. Right? How to stop them? Yeah. Um, I think if you're if you're talking about a team like the Chiefs, maybe don't figure out how to stop them, but just win in a shootout. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Well, we have some. Uh, other big, dirty sports NFL announcement news I'd like okay. to say. I have bought two seat licenses for next year's Los Angeles Chargers 
in the new SoFi Stadium. Which, first of all, congratulations on being a season ticket holder. That's a big step in life. I feel like that's some, that's adulting. It is. Um, but also, you're sort of going full Tug Coker here with the NFL. You are now a Rams, Chargers, Seahawks, Bengals fan? <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, I don't even I wouldn't even call myself a Chargers fan. Right. I think this stadium is going to be so state of the art and this the tickets were so cheap. Let me explain it to everybody. The exact same tickets for the Rams. So so I got basically the cheapest seats. Right. I'm 10 rows up from the top, but good location. But not the top. You're in the 400 section, correct? I'm in the last section. Oh, you are? Yeah. I thought you were showing us 400. I was trying to. Those tickets sold out. Ah. So I'm in the top. I'm in like row 15. There's like 25 rows. But so I you're st- in the 500s. Yeah. I'm in the 500s, but the tickets were so cheap. The seat license was $100 per ticket. That's a one-time fee that you pay, $100. The exact same seat license for the Rams was 4000 a ticket. That's crazy. So... Especially when you consider, I mean, obviously I know that the Rams have fans already and the Chargers don't, but you would think that's such a gap. Like the Rams have fans because they've been good and because they're returning yeah, and because they haven't pissed off their entire fan base. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, you put the tweet out today, like the Rams stock is dropping yeah, and Obviously, the Chargers stock has dropped this year as compared to last year. But how quickly these things turn around. You almost want to fall faster so that you can rise up again. I agree. So the difference in ticket prices, this is wild to me. For two season tickets on my exact same seats, for the Chargers, the total after all the bullshit fees and the seat license will be 1600 and I believe $50. Those two exact same seats for the Rams would be 10000 It's crazy. So more than five times the value. And I look at it from this perspective. I can sell tickets. I can, and it's crazy. So people understand the situation here. I told everybody to read that article. The Rams and the Chargers are not selling their own season tickets. This right. is wild. Jerry Jones, and it's in that great ESPN article, Jerry Jones' company, which is called Legends, is responsible for selling not legends it's important yeah. to, to know that it's pronounced legends because it's jerry jones he will he will not be brought into the legends club so legends is the company that's selling the season tickets so i go down to this nice state-of-the-art office it's very jerry jones-esque i would say as far as the presentation and that's who i'm that's who my contract is with because you have to sign a contract when you get a seat license so basically the crazy thing is they're, and I explained this to Joe last night when we had dinner. They're not even trying to lure, quote-unquote, new fans. In my opinion, the pitch is, hey, oh, you're a big sports guy? You got a podcast? Cool. Get season tickets. You can sell a bunch of tickets. You can go to a couple games, maybe break even. So, in a way, both the Chargers and the Rams, they're outsourcing their season tickets to a guy who owns a different team. The whole situation's kind of wild. Yeah. I know who's making money on it for sure is Jerry Jones somehow. Well, he is. Yeah. Because he has nothing to lose. Right. He's not building the stadium. He's not fronting the $6 billion that Stan Kroenke of the Rams is. So at the end of the day, it's kind of a win-win for Jerry Jones. But the whole situation is kind of kind of funny. And and I'll, and by the way, shout out to Shabelli. Shaboring. Shaboring. I got a wayside. I thought of Shabelli. I wish all the dirtballs could have been there. He offered me. He said, "He said, which side do you want to get the tickets, home or away?" And I thought, only in L.A. Right. Oh. Well, uh, technically, or typically, I should say, typically the one thing is the away side is usually in the sun, which is nice. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, in Southern California, it's not like it's going to get hot. You know what I mean? Like, you're never going to be at a fucking game in LA and be like, I am sweltering, at least not in Englewood, maybe in Pasadena or something like that. So if you were in, if you're talking about, you know, you're in New York or Chicago or something like that in, in early September, it can be hot or cold. I, I think you got the sunny side. So that's nice. 
I don't know if that's necessarily the case. The Giants, for example, uh, are on the sunny side at home, but typically the away side is the sunny side. Well, and also this stadium is so unique. It'll have the glass top. And I was telling Prano. Right. Also, what am I talking about? It's inside. Yeah. But I guess glass, so. But the Final Four, which is already scheduled to be out here, is crazy. That's why they did that. They wanted to enclose it so they could do basketball. I think it's going to be pretty amazing when the Final Four comes here. You're going to be inside but also outside. So you could be watching the game. And then this is what I said. And it probably sounded so corny. Like Biodome. You could be watching the game and then looking up at the stars. (laughs) I mean, you're in L.A. You You don't see many stars. Especially over there by the airport, but it's fine. I'm just saying. Yeah. You can see the moon. But, but I know what you're saying. Wow, a guy hits a three. I know what you're saying. If you're at Taylor Swift this summer, while Taylor Swift's playing, you can look up at the at the moon. Are you going? No. That's that's the for people who don't know, that is the first ever event at the new stadium. It will be Taylor Swift's concert in, in June, I believe. July. July. Yeah. yeah. It's like late July. Now, Joe, if I was gonna go to Taylor Swift, where would I get those tickets? Seek, seek. You didn't even hesitate. No, because I know, because I've looked at the tickets, not for myself, obviously, but as a potential gift. And I got to say, I looked at the uh, the original site, which I won't even say where they're available originally, and I looked on the secondary market. There's already people giving cut rate prices on SeatGeek. Yeah. Now, the, what I can say, unfortunately, um, Usually on SeatGeek, my favorite thing is being able to see the view from your seats. They don't know what the view is going to look like yet because the stadium's not even done. But they're already available on SeatGeek. That's right, guys. So if you want to go to Taylor Swift or any other concert or any sports event, get those tickets on SeatGeek. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off on your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. So download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. And uh, if you've already used it, give it to somebody else. Use that SeatGeek promo code. Spread the SeatGeek promo code to all your relatives. Spread that SeatGeek holiday cheer. That's right. So uh, send me a screenshot and I'll send you some koozies. So we are mid-third quarter now. It's 10-6 Eagles still. And, and what I would call an ugly, classic Eagles Cowboys ugly football game. Yeah. I have a buddy who's an Eagles fan and he was like, Here's my prediction for the game. And I was like, My prediction is a zero zero tie just to like max out the ineptitude of the NFC East, which by the way, this ten six game mid third quarter, it's basically that. Yeah. I know. We were hoping that the Bengals Dolphins game ended in a tie because that would have been fitting. Yeah. It would have been fitting and it would have been nice for me to get that plus one. You got fitzed. I know. I got fitzed. Trust me. Dude, I thought about that while I was making my picks. I was like, I have to have different picks this week. But Ruther went with the Fitzmagic because you're a converted Fitzmagic fan at this point. I don't, I, well, well, here's what I am. I am. He. You've started to appreciate the Fitzmagic a little bit more. I mean, how long does the guy have to do it for? <laughs> Maybe the first eight years of his career. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. But I saw in the YouTube comments section, people were concerned that we had made up from last episode. Oh, every, hey, look, this is, uh, you know, we're not Kevin Garnett and uh, and the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. Yeah. Like, whatever happens on the court stays on the court. Yeah. And also, uh, I think, like is often the case in many relationships, um, I, I think more often than not, heated arguments are due less to difference of opinion and uh, more to do with like people not like people arguing completely different things, which is honestly what I think we were and en- we ended up doing and a bottle of wine. Yeah, but uh, that's that's just what makes me take take it to the next level of of anger. But also, I just honestly think. Because people last episode going like tweeting at me and being like, Eli versus Russ again. And it's like, it's never one single time yeah. been Eli versus Russ. I've ne- I'm honestly not in my entire life ever compared those two guys. It's just more how you judge your quarterbacks, which in the end, I think you and I do in completely different ways. 
and uh, a lot of people do, I guess, in completely different ways. And uh, and honestly, people just seem to miss that a lot of times. It's this. It's honestly kind. Of, and I hate to say this, but this is the same thing that I'm dealing with with Sam Tripoli in basketball. Sam Tripoli, for some reason, thinks like I'm rooting against his Clippers. I don't give a fucking like. I, I go to more Clippers games than Sam Tripoli does. Last year, I was a Gallinari Clippers fan. I have, I have said Jerry West is undefeated. The only argument here is you hate the Lakers because you're a Clippers fan, and you hate LeBron James because you don't understand basketball, and therefore you've pitted me as somehow your opponent on everything. It's like Tripoli. I don't even give a shit about the Clippers. By the way, speaking of Russ, they're down 20-7 to now. Yeah. Do the Seahawks win that game? Third quarter. Um, I mean, I would I wouldn't bet on them. Yeah. I mean, I know Russ is the comeback king and uh they've played a lot of close games, but just seems like uh that Cardinals team wants to play spoiler. Which then and by I- the way, we have to, you know, we get we take our L's where we'll take them. We got to take our L on Cliff Kingsbury. Oh yeah, he, he's been way better in in year one than I thought than either of us thought. Way better, and and also Kyler Murray. Yeah, if you watch Cardinals games, man, he knows how to get rid of the ball, and he also, from what I've seen, doesn't take the terrible hits. Yeah, because obviously he's very mobile, and he's really good on moving around, but. From what I've seen, sorry, I'm, I'm getting my, my train of thought. I'm I'm sitting here watching this stupid. This is what happens when you get the, Bron- the stupid Broncos, Broncos Lions game. Yeah, and, and you said something I want to address when we're watching the Broncos. Just stick with these jerseys. Yeah, and these helmets too. Oh, the, the old helmets. D with the with the horse. Like, I mean, every single team in in sports at this point has gone back because the modernization just like never worked. Yeah, like going like, oh, we're gonna modernize the thing. It's like some of them work. And some of them don't. It's like, I get that the Broncos won two Super Bowls. Three Super Bowls, I guess, in the other uniforms. But these ones are just so much better. Wow. Look at that pass on Dak. Wide open Amari Cooper sitting in the hole. You got to hit that. And I and by the way, I got to take my L on on uh, the Colts and Brissett, too. I know I said six wins. They got their seventh today. He's now seven and six games he started. My guy. Yeah. He's not my guy. Uh, Tug actually had a bet on that. If they win eight games, he cashes out. He he bet what? They're over on s- seven and a half. After they uh, after luck went out, yeah. So they cash out if that happens. Um, but yeah, I I dude, I I don't. I'm I'm again so stoked about where we're headed because, like we said, I just think there's a lot of questions. On a lot of these teams come playoff time. And uh, go Philip Lindsay, you motherfucker. Love it. It's a killer. Is he still living in his parents' basement? I don't know. Talk about a likable guy. Yeah. Gotta love this guy. The hair, the look, living in mom's basement. By the way, Prano and I, speaking of living in mom's basement, bro. Patriots fans, tap the brakes a little, <laughs> especially when you're 14 living in Canada. There's, I mean, have you ever seen anything like it? In, well, in, in all of our... What we saw today? No, just in general, over the years. Over the years, does anybody match, like, the anger, anger the, anger's the, the big hatred? Anger's the big word. The, the like, blatant homerism? No, it's unmatched. Through the years. Yeah. And also, like we said last time, it's now to the point you can argue it all you want and you can be a homer all you want. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Tom Brady or if you're Bill Belichick. I will say you've been cheating the whole time. You've been cheating the whole time. The NFL caught you again. You've been cheating. The whole run has an asterisk. Sorry. Yeah. It does. It just plane does and you can call us haters you can call us whatever but it's also just being reasonable you got caught cheating again you want to say we got caught with spygate and then deflate gate was bullshit fine but then when you got caught this time 
No, now it's all back. Well, well, it's it, I don't even want to go there. It's just we we had one of the wildest exchanges on Instagram, and it was funny because Prano hopped in. I was doing it, like it, I was just like, this is unheard of. A Pats fan was angry at an Instagram post and hopped into our DMs. But wouldn't wouldn't you guess that we've blocked more Pats fans than anything? Yeah, a hundred percent. Wouldn't you get? Wouldn't you say that they're like, which I don't get because you've won six titles, like. I'd be happy. But the thing about Pats fans is they're angry about everything. Like, there's video footage of Robert Kraft getting a handjob. And they're like, he didn't have anything to do with it. Like, all they do is argue shit that's like blatantly, like, the Julian Edelman thing that you posted yesterday, he blatantly does it. Blatantly pick. picked a guy. He goes right for the faked dead. Yeah. The flag comes out, he pops up. He's well, he fine. But everyone's claiming, oh, because he went in concussion protocol. Oh, so he fucked up his pick and got himself hurt? Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. But he was trying to cheat. I, I, I mean, I mean that play, and I know everybody does the pick, and the Patriots do it more than probably anybody, but that was a wild play that I saw. I've never seen it so blatantly where I'm glad that I, I posted it. Was It was crazy because Julian Edelman blatantly is not running a route. Right. He's going straight for... The DB on the Bills. And, and then he makes it like he didn't see that guy coming. That's why he's hit and he's down. And then the ref literally threw the flag in his face and he woke up. It was yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. But yeah, man. I just just tap the brakes, guys, with the anger. Yeah, and th- and that's the thing. It's just like, why, you know what it is. It's because they know they're wrong and they know they're guilty. Exactly. If, if, they, if they believed their arguments of like, you're a hater. You would just literally that's what you would just say at home. Yeah. And 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 speaking of haters, I want to divert this conversation to the NFL 100 and just how ridiculous this has turned into cuz Terrell Owens was left off the NFL 100's all-time team and left off the top 10 all-time wide receivers, which is annoying on multiple levels. I know all of these top 10s at every position or whatever it is have sort of come under fire because they're including, you know, Ham Fist Johnson and fucking... Let me read the list. Know, Tim Longfellow. According to the NFL 100 in the top 10 all-time receivers, Lance Allworth, Raymond Berry, Larry Fitzgerald, Marvin Harrison, Elroy Hirsch, sounds like a financial institution, right. Don Hudson, Steve Largent. Like, Steve Largent, all his records, when he retired, he was top. He's like 17th all-time now. Yeah. Everything's been shattered. Randy Moss, Jerry Rice... Paul Warfield. That that was the list. Right. So here's but by the way, if you're a white dude, I'm just gonna say it. You can't be on the top receiver. You, you just can't be. Yeah. I'm totally okay with that. As a white as a former white wide receiver. But here's the thing. I understand the thing of wanting to have it span these decades, right? Like take the best receiver from every decade, blah, blah, blah. Or every, you know. Whatever the case is, and having it say, well, th- Lance Allworth was better at his time than so-and-so. But how is Marvin Harrison better than Terrell Owens? I don't get it. Like, But, but like, the thing is, how is he? <laughs> he doesn't have as many yards. He doesn't have as many touchdowns. Is that true? Is that all true? It, it wasn't Terrell, like, third Terrell's like up there. Here, here's some interesting numbers. Steve Largent and Larry Fitzgerald were all pros once. Right. Tara Owens was an all pro five times. And we're not even talking Marvin Harrison. I mean, it, it's just to me, it's it's wild. I mean, I can pull some of this stuff up, but the the disrespect that Terrell Owens gets. I, I I just I just And here's the thing. Terrell's a douche. Terrell was a cowboy. Terrell was an eagle. Yeah. But like just respect what the dude did. Like I, I mean at, at, at what like Terrell's third all time in receiving yards. That's what I'm saying. Marvin Harrison's ninth. That's what I'm saying. All time receiving yards is who? It's Rice it goes Rice, Fitzgerald, yeah. Owens, Moss, Isaac Bruce. Yeah. I, I I mean I mean we're talking all time. 
So, 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 so let's Rice go. is in, and Fitzgerald's in, and Moss is in, but the guy that's in between them is not in, and Marvin Harrison is ninth because he played with Peyton Manning. Marvin Harrison and murdered somebody. Marvin Harrison, was a dick to me and my brother in Atlantic City. He has more receptions. All-time reception leaders: Jerry Rice, Larry Fitzgerald, Tony Gonzalez, Jason Witten. Marvin Harrison's fifth. Chris Carter's sixth. Tim Brown seventh. Terrell Owens eighth. It's to me, it's not even close. Especially considering the quarterback situations. Terrell Owens played with fucking Romo, McNabb, Jeff Garcia. Fitzpatrick, and Carson let, Palmer. And let's go to touchdowns. Terrell Owens is fifth all time. We're not just talking wide receivers. Terrell Owens has the fifth amount of touchdowns all time. Including running backs, you're saying? Yes. The list goes Jerry Rice, Emmett Smith, LaDainian Tomlinson, Randy Moss is fourth, Terrell Owens is fifth. It's kind of gross. Why are they doing this to the guy? How much of a dick? Did he just fuck every reporter's wife? Was he just like really into like? I don't get it, man. I I don't know. Cucking reporters. It, it doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. Like it, like like the, the, the disrespect again for for Tara Owens. I just I don't understand, and that's the only conclusion. I agree with you that Tara Owens banged every single reporter's wife, and then. Like who votes on the Hall of Fame? Who votes on this stuff? I have no idea. It, but, but some assholes. But 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 my point is, it stinks when you have something like this because it's now been a hundred percent deemed meaningless, in my opinion. Like like if you don't have Terrell Owens as a top ten receiver, then to me this whole one hundred list, Prano, is now meaningless. Yeah, but it was sort of meaningless anyway, right? Yeah. Like who does it mean something to? It only means something to these guys. Like the top 100 ever show on NFL Network will be a fun thing to watch. Yeah. But they already did they did that a couple years ago. Sure. And by the way, none of these dudes were on it. All worth and fucking blah 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 like this like if you go back, they weren't on there. Eli Hirsch coming in here making yeah. a great catch across the middle for 4 yards. Guys, come on. If if you played football when it was black and white, get the fuck off of here. <laughs> yeah. Like like if if they have footage of you catching a pass, you, you want you want to see this? You want to see one of these guys? It's on this article. Look at this. This is this is one of the guys. Eli Hirsch, one of the best receivers in the game, also should be applauded for also being an engineer on a steam train before this. Look at this. Came to the game on his on his own steamer ship. Which he's the captain of when he's not playing football. Oh, it's Elroy Hirsch. Yeah. <laughs> nicknamed Crazy Legs for his unique running style. Bill Belichick is on quote saying, I've Yeah, not- Crazy Legs Hirsch ran weird because he had polio. <laughs> Bill Belichick says, never seen anybody run like that. Look at this guy. Oh, Crazy Legs Hirsch. Look at him run up the middle. Look at him. By the way, th- th- these are his stats. These are all Crazy Legs Elroy Hirsch. A two-time first-team All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowl selection, a 1951 NFL champion. During the Korean War, he also was a fighter pilot. <laughs> he had a career average of... He, so he had 387 receptions, 7,029 yards, and 60 touchdowns. Terrell Owens. But he, the, again, the thing is, like, I get that part of it. Oh, my but God. But, like, explain to me how Terrell Owens is better than Marvin Harrison. Yeah. Marvin Harrison murdered a dude. Supposedly. Allegedly. Allegedly. Canceled. Allegedly. Yeah. But he didn't murder the the pussy of a reporter's wife, so he's in. Speaking of murdering, Cowboys are getting murdered right now. Yeah. Andy Ruther's Super Bowl favorite from the NFC. This is kind of working out perfectly. As you know, I hate both of these teams, of course. I'm rooting for ISIS because I think technically if this if both of these teams all the players on this team die. I think they have to give the Giants the playoff position. So, rooting for that. Um, but I am sort of rooting for Eagles win this game, Eagles lose next week to the Giants to get eliminated. That's what you're rooting for? Yeah. Just because I love the Eagles fans to be in pain. Oh, they stopped them. Yeah. I'm scared. Come on, give me a chance at a fucking backdoor situation. I'm, st- I'm still vested in this terrible Denver-Detroit game. All right, you have to, you have a plane to get, so let's let's do some NBA and then we'll sure. wrap up the show. 
Let's do it. So the big NBA news is that what is it? What is it? By what? the way, we're uh, and we've talked about this. We talked about this earlier in the year, and I think that you would agree as well. You've already probably watched a lot more NBA than you've watched in years past. I have. Uh, this for for as long as we've been doing the show, and as long as I've been an NBA fan in the, in the sort of super modern era of the NBA, the Christmas Day games have become the unofficial start of the NBA season. This year, I feel like the unofficial start of the NBA season was even earlier than Christmas because of so much of the player movement. But I still call Christmas Day. Like, this is when the NBA really hits a new fucking level. And I have been, ever since I went to the Clippers game with Wild last week, I have been just bonering out over the Christmas Day slate. No Knicks this year, but that Clippers-Lakers game in Staples. God, if I were here. Who's a better team? Well, I still think the Clippers have a better, deeper, right, all-around team. Would you agree? This, this is what I said on the uh, Clipcast with Chris Wilde, which is the Clippers are significantly deeper, yes. in my opinion, yes. than I the agree. Lakers. And they have a far more well-rounded roster. But I will say this, and I and 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 to me, honestly, if everybody's healthy— and, you know, Kawhi's healthy and Paul George, every, everybody healthy on both sides. The Clippers are going to be a tough out. Yeah. But I will say this, and obviously the trading deadline is still months away. I have no idea on the clip, who on the Clippers guards Anthony Davis. I know who can guard Paul George, and I know who can guard Kawhi Leonard, and I know who can guard. And listen, I love Montrez. I think he. I was gonna say it's gonna be Harold, right? But at the same time, like, in 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 some ways, I think Montrez Harold is the second most important player on the Clippers. In some ways, I'm like, you could do it without Paul George. If you had Kawhi on that team, you could do it without Paul George. It helps that they have Paul George, but I don't know if you can do it without Montrez. Yeah, he is as important to that team, I think, as anybody besides Kawhi. But he's not – he's a good defender. But also, you know, when you when you put a guy like that on an Anthony Davis, it, it almost renders him useless on uh, the other side because offensively. he's so involved with guarding. I just think they have a major matchup problem with Anthony Davis. And I would like to see – I mean, obviously, Chris. that's why I'm bouldering out over Christmas because on Christmas, the, the Lakers and the Clippers have already played once. They'll play four times this year, right? So they've already played once. They'll play on Christmas. They'll play two other times. Those other two games, not as meaningful as this Christmas game because the whole world will be watching. And every team is going to come out to show out. And that's where I'm interested to see what is Doc, what's Doc's plan for stopping Anthony Davis. It'll be, it'll be interesting to me. He's been unstoppable this whole year. They just don't have – they have Zubak. They don't have like a true they don't even have depth in terms of being able to just throw big body after big body at them. They they're not one of those teams who just has like a couple seven footers on the bet. They used to have Bobin. You know, there's you know, like if you're the Celtics, just get Taco out there for fucking six fouls. You know? That's gonna be annoying. How many tacos do you think Taco can eat on Taco Tuesday? If I said if I said a taco fall. Dude, we're gonna see how many tacos you can eat in Taco Tuesday. How much talk? How many tacos could Taco Fall fall? If Taco Fall could fall tacos, Ooh. is that what you're saying? <laughs> I like that. All the tacos. Like, a taco like, would fall all the tacos he could fall if a taco could fall tacos. If a taco goes into the forest and eats unlimited tacos yeah. on Taco Tuesday from Taco Bell, and he falls. <laughs> Does it make a sound? Yes, because he's seven foot nine. <laughs> it makes a sound. It sounds like this. Uh, uh, uh. There's got to be a restaurant out there called Taco Tuesday, right? There should be a restaurant called Taco Fall. Yeah, Taco Falls. It's just a waterfall of tacos. Ooh, you got me there. There should be a there should be a place in a 
an area that you shouldn't think should be called Taco Falls. Like, there should be a town in Iowa. In Ohio. Get rid of Cuyahoga Falls. Who needs ta- Cuyahoga Falls anymore? Make it Taco yeah. Falls. Or just get rid of Sandusky, Ohio. That, yeah. that name's been tarnished. <laughs> I, I always feel bad for people who live in Sandusky. Yeah. Like, you, got, like, you got to feel bad. Like he Who wrote, do you feel worse for, Sandusky, Ohio residents, or ass-rape Iowa residents? Uh, Sandusky. Yeah. For sure. I mean, he ruined it. So the NBA, and we've discussed this. I know Tug and I actually discussed this on an episode. They're now moving further in this development of this in-season tournament. I love the in-season tournament talk. So it's a $1 million per player purse. By the way, I, before we get into the details, to me that's pretty funny. Yeah. What is a million dollars for a player? Well, for some of the guys. Joe, not that many. That, not true. Not true. Think about like if you're not if you're not in the rotation on a team. Honestly, if you're not in the starting lineup on a team, a million bucks is probably a lot for you. What do you well let's let's look up and somebody and he's obviously significantly in the rotation. What do you think Alex Caruso for the Lakers makes? I think he makes I know I know he resigned $900,000 a year. I bet you he makes at least a million. And he he signed a two-year contract in July for five point five million. Okay. Two, yeah. So it would matter to him. Yeah. It'll it'll essentially it's a it's a fifty percent bonus on his contract. If his team won. Yeah. So the average NBA player makes about nine million a year. Right. The average. But that average is super skewed. Yeah. So basically the for every for every guy on the end of the bench, LeBron James balances 25 of them. So this is what it would entail. The NBA wants an in-season tournament that begins with pool play as part of the regular season schedule before the teams with the best records advance to the eight-game single elimination tournament that would culminate in mid-December. Why the fuck not? Well, the concerns are this. Star players, according to this ESPN article from Woj, star players might prefer the five-day scheduling break that will come with not qualifying for the tournament rather than competing for the financial reward of a winner-take-all event that requires a quarterfinal, semifinal, and title. Star players on what? The top four teams in the league? Because otherwise, there's a chance that you get bumped out, right? Because one of these tournament winners could sneak into the playoffs because of it? And the hopes are that this would be completed the deal to start doing this by the 21-22 season, which is the 75th anniversary. Now, of the, the thing I didn't understand was, and when Tug sent it to me, the reseeding of the final four teams. I don't like getting rid of the Eastern and Western Conference Championships. I agree. So that's also part of the discussion. And this is what the WNBA does is that they would say, once the playoffs hit, we reseed, and your conference doesn't matter, and the top four teams are then reseeded based on regular season record. I agree. I don't like that. I think you got you have to keep the conferences. Yeah. I, I think so, too, because it gets into the whole problem, in my opinion, of scheduling. Oh, a, a, a team that didn't have to play the Western Conference all year and has a better record now gets to or a worse record like now gets to move around like I I just don't think that's fair. Yeah, I agree. I mean the, the in season tournament I don't mind as much, but I don't like reseeding. Yeah, I don't like it at all. But it'll be interesting to see how this plays out because even that, I, I assume the the mindset is they want to get people more interested in the regular season. Yeah, they want they want more in season ratings, and they just want more like wildness in terms of the games that don't matter. Because again, like I think a lot of NBA fans or borderline NBA fans, they watch the Christmas Day games, and then they're out for a while, and then they start toward the end of the season again, and then they a lot of people don't care about the first couple rounds of the playoffs, and and everybody's back in for the conference finals and the finals. Yeah. Look, I'm not, yeah, I'm and, not. And, and, like, I feel like there's more fans of NBA free agency than there are of NBA regular season games. There are. Free agency's lit, son. 
Like, so just add something else. People are going to Christmas Day ratings are going to crush. I'm sure. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm, I'm not against the in-season tournament. I don't want to see reseeded though, for sure. Yeah. Well, look, man. I know you got a fight to catch. I got a I got a fight to get through the airport to catch. Yeah, I just saw something on the on the news during the halftime of this. Yeah. This uh, Cowboys game. It said LAX traffic. What? I think you and I agree, right? Asking somebody to take you to the airport is is fucking juvenile. Yeah, I mean, uh, what what's the rules on that at this point? I I I I think it also depends on like who it is, who at, who you're asking, what you know. Like I would never ask somebody to take me to the airport right now. Yeah, that's it's the holiday. Like you're basically giving the middle finger to your friend. Yeah, but also like it's it's not a favor. You agree? A favor is can I borrow your car? Right, and, and also like. You know, it's it's all the time of day and 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 like what that person has going on. Like for example, I knew when I asked you to take me to the airport down in Long Beach before I went to Tahoe last time, you'd be out of you'd be back in L.A. before I was through fucking the gates. But to take to ask somebody to take you to LAX on a Sunday night or on a or on a holiday or on a Friday evening to pick you up from the airport, stop it. It's rude. Yeah. Just take an Uber or Lyft. Yeah. Yeah. Now the Uber Lyft situation at LAX is kind of a nightmare too. Yeah. I don't know if you know. I don't know if they can. I think they can still drop you off at the gate, right? Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's now a mess. Picking up is different. Yeah. It's a little different. First world problems. Yeah. That's, well, that's that, the show. Let's, is that the show? Let's let's finish up uh, watching these games. It looks like I'm I'm feeling pretty good about this Denver cover. Yeah, that 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 one. What what just happened? Did they turn it over on downs. Turn it over on downs. Son of a bitch. So, I'm feeling pretty good about that. And uh, obviously, it's not looking good in the Cowboys game. So if these play out, that that's our games for the week. You you did great. Six and two. Six and two. So you pick up four games. So that massive lead that I had. Down to two. Down to two. Heading into the final week. And I still got to figure out what I'm going to do. But there's a good chance, guys, I'm going to have Tug on for next episode. And uh, we might do a best of for our last episode of the year. But the truth is, I don't want to bring my podcast back to my podcast equipment back to Cincinnati. Or maybe you'll do the December 30th one. Uh, yeah, because if you leave the equipment here, I'll be back here. Yeah. So the truth is, I, I, I don't feel like bringing the podcast equipment back home. Leave it in 2019, because 2020 is gonna be lit, son. I'll just do a dense style solo podcast on December 30th. Right? You should talk talk about Eli Manning for 90 minutes. Don't do that. <laughs> that might actually cause people to kill themselves. All right, this game's up. Oh, did he fumble? Oh, come on! He didn't even pick the ball up on the Lions. No, I think he knew he was down. He was down. All right, guys, that's the show. Uh, happy holidays, everybody. Yeah. Uh, we're done saying Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Hanukkah, which I believe starts tonight. And Kwanzaa starts the 26th. Okay, and you Kwanzaa. Can, you can say that. You can. You just can't say Merry Christmas. I I, I don't know anymore. Uh, well, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, um, and and uh, we a couple more episodes before the end of the year. I don't want to say Happy New Year yet. But. Yeah, we'll we'll figure out. I'll figure out what we do with those episodes. And but, shout out to uh, Kyle Aronofsky who turned my uh, apartment into a scene from uh, <laughs> I don't know what what's the fucking Christian Bale murderer movie American Psycho American Psycho just blood splatter all over my apartment the 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 dirty sports dirt ball Airbnb I didn't know I didn't know you could come and for a crisp hundred dollar bill murder a hooker in my bathroom but <laughs> I'll have to worry about cleaning that up when I get back. That's what it was. A crisp $100 bill to murder somebody in your place. <laughs> yeah. Now now like now that now I've got to deal with the investigation that comes with that. But uh I don't know, follow us, Andy, all the places. Yeah. Instagram, Twitter at the Dirty Sports, at Andy Ruther, at Joe Prano, at Fix Your Life. You guys know what to do. Enjoy the holidays. JoePrano.com for shows, Tahoe, uh Alaska, Aspen. Palm Springs, all those in the works for next year. Go to JoePanner.com for shows. 
Happy holidays, everybody. Perfect. Yeah, guys. Thanks and, for the, thanks and, for. Th- and Eli bless us, everyone. <laughs> oh, unreal. Thanks for the uh, support. Again, I'll be back probably with Tug the day after Christmas, but we're going to record that early. So uh, have a great holidays, have a great Christmas, a great Hanukkah, a great Kwanzaa, a great, what, what, what does the devil celebrate? Does the devil celebrate anything? We can't forget the people who worship the devil. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to Google that. Lucifer Fest? Happy Lucifer Fest? <laughs> I bet it's not Lucifer Fest. Isn't there an upside down Christmas tree situation? Like, isn't there, like, basically it's just like all, all underworld shit. Like Santa comes up from the sewers, the Christmas trees hung from the ceiling. Uh, oh, for real? I think so. Who knows? I didn't know about that. All right, guys. Thanks for the support. And most importantly, stay dirty.